it now. It's Rich Eisen. Yes, it is. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show right here in Los Angeles, California. My name's Rich Eisen. <laughs> That's the name of the show. Just walking you through how we put this thing together. <laughs> uh, all three hours, you can join us. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. Hello to our Roku channel viewing audience. For those listening on Sirius XM Odyssey and this Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate smart enough to have us. I'm wearing a nice new sort of uh, uh, black hoodie. Um, Chris, I've, I've kind of figured that uh, this Good. is something. No, that's right up my alley. You know, I know I, it, it, it might look casual Friday to you right off the bat, but I think it's very stylish. Oh, I love it. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate you that. Great. You make me feel... <laughs> You, you make me I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Put a little pep in my step because no, no, we've I'm, got. I'm we've, you, certainly, we had a, an outstanding uh, old school uh, in studio guest yesterday, in Keith Hernandez. If you missed that, there's our Roku channel video uh, on demand page, the Rich Eisen Show collection. There's our YouTube page. That's also a backstop of anything that you might miss in this three hour show. Matt Barnes is going to bring all the smoke in hour number three of this program. And uh, lots to talk about with him. Being uh, a guy who won a ring with Draymond, he also uh, was part of the last Warriors team to be down 0-2 in the playoffs. He also was on the Lakers in Kobe's last playoff season that happened to be coached by Mike Brown, that Lakers team. And his Kings are the ones who are up on the Warriors now two games to none. We got three big NBA games tonight. You got the Lakers trying to take a two games to none lead on Memphis same thing with Miami on Milwaukee. Talk about surprises in Denver's trying to keep Minnesota from evening out that series. That's in the NBA playoffs tonight. Um, and uh, the Clippers, unfortunately for you, TJ Jefferson last night, gave it a go. Couldn't go uh, for the absolute brass ring and the cherry on top of going up 2-0 with some wins uh, to start this series in Phoenix. Uh, but they got t- they took care of business uh, in game one, so you got to be pleased with that one, obviously. I mean, you still won on the road. That's all you want. And the Philadelphia 76ers, your team's up two games to none. They, they will play their third game, the first game of uh, this series in Brooklyn. That'll be on Thursday night. How are you, DJ Mikey D? I'm sort of going all over the place no, here today. I'm fine, Rich. Good to see you. Good morning. to see everybody out there today. Uh, we also have... A, uh, the NFL draft on our mind. Why not? It's eight days from now. Woo. Eight days from now. Bucky Brooks has his um, his mock draft 3.0 out there. Um, he has C.J. Stroud going first overall. Um, and C.J. Stroud is in Atlanta today. This is the last day the teams can bring kids in for a visit right before the draft. Then everyone's got to close up shop and go their separate ways and see each other in Kansas City uh, next week. Um, he's got C.J. Stroud going number one overall. I think everybody thinks it's going to be Bryce Young, but who the heck knows? Bucky's joining us in about 17 minutes' time, and then Tyree Wilson, who could be the first uh, defensive player taken off the draft board. That would be a bit of a surprise, but uh, he's one of the top edge rushers uh, in, available in this year's draft. Uh, once upon a time from Texas A&M, he's now from Texas Tech, and um, he'll be joining us on this show. Let's start with Draymond. Why not? What's worse than getting kicked out of a playoff game? Getting kicked out of a playoff game for an infraction so flagrant that you're suspended for the next one. I mm-hmm. guess that's worse. And guess what? That's what happened. The stomp, the uh, the Sabonis stomp. Is that what we're going to call it? Nice. I like that. Um, has cost Draymond Green the ability to play in game three. The NBA last night suspending Draymond Green. One game without pay. Four stepping on the chest of Domantas Sabonis. Joe Dumars, the executive vice president of basketball operations, is the one who uh, administered this fine. And he certainly knows about dirty plays since he saw Lambeer do it up close and personal many times. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, that was a Nick fan in me from the 90s coming out. Hey, that was just hard basketball back then. Thank you. Uh, in the 80s coming out. The suspension was based in part on Green's history of unsportsmanlike acts. Now, there you go. Just when you thought, are the Warriors tiring of uh, seeing Draymond Green do something in a game that gets himself kicked out when you're playing for your playoff lives? Are they tired of, of this? You're wondering about that? Well, we found out one, uh, one entity that's definitely tired of it, and it's called the National Basketball Association. I think Sabonis grabbed his ankle, and all he needed to do was just go down a, like a ton of bricks. Just play victim in the moment on the basketball court instead of trying to play victim on your podcast or at a podium. You know, if you want to play victim. I don't think he does, personally. And here's my two cents. What the heck? I'll give it to you. Sure, show. I, I appreciate you saying that, Chris. But no you problem. know, you know, you know. In his mind, it's definitely unsolicited, right? <laughs> I think he's being picked on. I, 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 I proffer to say that's the case. Yeah, I bet you he'll say that because he said that that it was the second uh, game in a row his ankle got grabbed I mean, and he, has he apologized didn't call it. yet for being away from his teammates, uh, putting them in a hole like this. I don't think you'll see it. Yeah, so I don't think you'll see it. And I guess we'll know if he is completely uh, off the contrition reservation. If, you know, on Thursday night when the Warriors are hosting in San Francisco this playoff game that Draymond Green's going to miss, if he's at the uh, Mets-Giants game with Marshawn Lynch, which will be going on just down the road in San Francisco. And we all know when he got suspended – in the NBA Finals for kicking King James in the crown jewels. He was so contrite he watched an A's game across the street of the game that he missed with Marshawn Lynch. But that was when he was younger. Now you see him, he's got gray in his beard. And and here's my two unsolicited sense. He should start becoming the elder statesman here. You can still put people on their ass if they drive the lane. You can still play hard basketball. You can still send messages with your play. Because he is that generationally talented. He will wind up in Springfield, Massachusetts, no matter how tired of, of this uh, act the NBA might have be and the Warriors might be. But to me, being wise enough to know you're being baited by somebody like Sabonis, and I believe this is what he was doing. Sabonis is known for throwing people around and doing some stuff that might be somewhat outside the lines, but he's smart enough to make sure you don't cross the line so flagrantly that you're going to get suspended, ejected, and then suspended. You know you're being baited. You know the uh, refs are looking for it. So why play into it? I just don't get it. He strikes me as wise enough to know how to play this game and play it so well that he can do everything so well that he makes a, a championship difference but he's going to miss this game your team's down 0-2 and he's there watching from wherever he's going to watch it's the most cliche phrase in sports up there where it, it is what it is and whatnot your best ability is your availability and he's not there again was it worth it to bark at that guy spending $3,000 for his ticket? 
behind the bench? Was it worth it that you at least got some bonus popped for a flagrant foul? Was it worth it to bark at the steady cam operator for TNT? Was it worth it putting your hand behind your ear, telling the Kings fans, I want to hear it. I'll take in all your hate because I'll tell you what. The business of trying to fire up your team with you saying, I got your back to the point where I'll stomp on somebody's front and I'll take all the hate so you can fill in. I'll be the bad guy so you can be the good guys making your threes and making your passes and making your defensive assignments stick. What would be more important would be being out there on the floor in game three. Because all the other stuff is nonsense. You're not there. You won't be there. Will the team win without him? Entirely possible. I mean, as you know, they've got some other guys who are going to wind up in Springfield, Massachusetts, too. I don't get it, though. I just simply don't get it because he's now got, he's a gray beard. Be the wise, the wise ass and the wise guy, but be the smart guy, too. Take the Sabonis' grabbing of your ankle and go down like a ton of bricks yourself. Oh, my goodness, I've been fouled. Keep possession, get the flagrant on him, and turn around and smile, and then do that thing with your ear to the Kings fans because you're still in the game. It's a one-possession game. You've got the ball, and you know what you just pulled on Sabonis and the rest of the Kings fans. Light that beam. Instead, he decides to just go and do what he knows is going to bring about his ejection and possible suspension. People are itching to do it, and he knows it, and he feeds it. I don't get it. But he'll wind up on the set with, I mean, I guess his last laugh is everyone will download his pod, right? We're talking about him. I'm serious. This may be his metric. He's generationally enriched, and Turner will hire him when he's done. So, does it matter? It should. But I don't know. 844-204-RICH number to dial. Before we get to Bucky Brooks. How about this piece of red meat thrown out by my buddy, uh, NFL Media Group's Ian Rappaport today? Man, I saw that this morning. Oh, baby. Yeah, you texted that to the chain this Oh, AM. baby. That's how I learned about it. You sent me the text. Ian saying that the Niners have received inquiries from several teams looking into a potential trade for former number three pick Trey Lance. Conversations have been the result of San Francisco fielding the calls, not making them with teams aware that Brock Purdy is likely the future starter. We're just answering the phone, guys. The phone's ringing and phone's we're picking ringing. it up. Like, I've got my phone here. Right now I'm unavailable because I'm hosting the show. But when I'm not hosting the show, if the phone rings, I'll answer you took like eight phone calls this morning. I did. My phone didn't stop ringing this it morning. It was ridiculous. I know. <laughs> I know. But you love to talk on the but, phone. But I was just feeling him. You were just feeling. You didn't make the call. I didn't make him. Call came. You answered. That's what I do. You hit the, the green. You hit the green. What phone. am I supposed to do uh, if the phone rings? I'm going to let it keep ringing. Send him the voicemail. Not at all. You could do what you do when I call and just send me the voicemail. Oh, you do that. Oh, that's so unfair. <laughs> Well, not if I'm trying to make a make a trade. Wow. Yeah, in that case, you don't actually send the trade through. But that's I don't a, know. That's the Niners really looking to make a trade because I read this and I thought to myself, you know what? 
if there's any team in the National Football League of all 32, if I had to rank them one through 32, which team would be at the very top of the list about holding on to every quarterback asset you have because you have no idea how valuable they might be when you need them? Number one on that list would be the San Francisco 49ers. At this point last year, Jimmy Garoppolo had his bags packed. (laughs) They were packed. The code red had been pulled. He was ready to go. Mm-hmm. He was gone. He said goodbye. See ya. The team going into the draft was like, we'd, tr- we'd trade you right now, but you got surgery on your shoulder. And then, yeah, all right, you're still around. We'll give you. We don't. Have, I mean, you want a playbook? You don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> we're creating a new. We're, we're plumbing the depths of the depth chart. We're creating number four on the list. <laughs> when the training camp opens. And then by the end of training camp, they're all like um, passing him a note in class. Do you still like us? Check this box. (laughs) And he checked it. And he put the team on his back when Trey Lance gets carted off in week two. I mean, I can tell you that. Of course, he goes down and the kid that they draft with the last pick in the draft becomes the hot quarterback of the moment to the point where in just one third of a season, he does enough to merit a nomination for rookie of the year. And they're now fielding calls based on that short window of a performance by Brock Purdy and Purdy still probably has his arm and icing it down his elbow. He just got he just got wing surgery. So the Niners are gonna flip Lance. Why? Because Sam Darnold is so reliable health wise? And they just got him? They love him so much that they're willing uh, yeah, tra- take Trey Lance. I saw that. I'm like, why? What the hell? Well, a lot of teams are figuring, okay, Purdy's gonna be fine. And you like Sam Darnold. We know that he'll fit. You we know you'll turn him into somebody terrific. So, is Lance available? And I thought to myself, but which team would take Lance now? Which team would flip draft capital eight days from now? I doubt it's a first rounder. Nine days from now? Ten days from now? For Lance now. When there's all these kids in the draft that you can get that would have five years of contractual control, not the three that Lance has left, this one and then two more, including that fifth-year option if you pick it up. I'm like, sitting. who would do that? That the Niners would absolutely say, you know what, we got one guy who did it for a third of a year. We saw enough, though, to believe that he's the guy moving forward. But we'll... we'll We'll flip you our number three overall pick from two years ago and leave Sam Darnold as the only healthy guy on the roster, and that's a guy who couldn't even make it through last year's preseason healthy. Well, we'll just, yeah, you take Lance. Because, what you know, we don't need quarterbacks around here because look what happened last year. Oh, wait a minute, that's right. We played Josh Johnson in a playoff game hmm. for the right <laughs> to go play in the Super Bowl. I, I, it just none of it made sense. But there's one team that jumped out at me that might do it now. The Jets? No. No. 
the team that says that they're not interested in maybe taking a quarterback second overall. Oh. That just hired a coach from San Francisco. Oh. Okay, Rich Now, oh, I'm just saying. Investigative I'm not, journalism, I'm not right? saying they're going to use the 2 or the 12 in this year's first round to do it. Although the Niners would probably say, if you want us to, you want to, again, we're, we know all about, we're still wearing the scars last year of injured quarterbacks turning and how next man up quarterbacking became our MO that we're willing to thin our depths with one guy already hurt significantly enough that required surgery on his throwing elbow that will thin our ranks. Now it might cost you one. It might cost you one. And if it's the 12th overall pick, hey, that was Deshaun Watson. We'll turn Deshaun Watson into Trey Lance, and we'll choose Will Anderson too, and we'll go to work. Or you choose those first round picks and you flip a, a, a high two to them for them, or I don't know. I don't know what it would be or why they would do that when they could just get one of the kids not named, I guess, Bryce Young or not named C.J. Stroud and get five years of contractual control. Maybe you're thinking, okay, we'll get Lance instead for a two or th- for second round pick, maybe a third round. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Who would be the one to do it before the draft? It might not even be the Texans because if they say, let's just say they love Bryce Young and they hear C.J. Stroud's name going to the Panthers first, well, that trade would be off the table. We'll just take Bryce Young. Thanks for the, the conversation. And D'Amico Ryans would maybe call up Trey Lance and say, hey, we were interested in you. Good luck. Staying put. I can't otherwise think of anybody else that would, prior to the draft and seeing how it all plays out, would flip a pick for Lance now before the draft. This could all be just due diligence in case the draft falls and they don't get somebody that they want to see how available Lance may be. And this entire time, again, to bring it all to a fine point, they were just taking calls. They were taking calls. They're not making. What a big difference one letter makes. The the M, you're making. (laughs) The T, you're taking. (laughs) One is, hey, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just just taking. The other one is, no, I'm making. (laughs) Big difference. That was a very electric company way of breaking it all down. Well done, Rich. Thank you. Or is it Sesame Street? Either way, mm. it's all child's play. Hey, now. Take a break. When we come back, Bucky Brooks here on the Rich Eisen Show. I do have a top five list later on of the top five teams that should be one of the teams calling the 49ers for Trey Lance. That's still to come. But Bucky Brooks on the upcoming draft when we come back. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time 
Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Bucky Brooks here on the Rich Eisen Show. It was me. My colleague from the NFL Media Group as the radio audience rejoins us. Uh, just uh, told a story about how Brockman freaked him out uh, the other day yep. when they were just crossing paths, uh, bike paths in the neighborhood. All right, Bucky, let's just jump right into it. Eight days before the draft, um, you know, I don't know if mock drafts are recent or how recent they are, but we have your 3.0. You got C.J. Stroud to the Carolina Panthers, and it seems that the general consensus you're seeing, and I, I know, again, we're NFL media group people, so the words betting and markets don't usually get thrown together, mm-hmm. but... Uh, yeah. You know, Bryce Young seems to be rocketing up a lot of people's boards to be number one overall, despite uh, what we've been hearing about C.J. Stroud between about a week ago all the way back to the pro days. What do you got for me on this front, Bucky? Okay, so here's what I got. Let's take that little mod draft that's in front of you. Let's rip that up. Okay. <laughs> Let's rip that up because what everyone is going to have to do yes. is they're going to have to get uh, – Comfortable with the uncomfortable stuff that's going to happen next weekend. Okay. This draft is the most volatile draft Love that it. we've ever seen. Love it. There are only 15 blue chip players in this draft. So because of that, what we think we know, we have no idea. The only thing that I can tell you for certain is that Bryce Young is more than likely positively going to be the number one overall pick with the Carolina Panthers. He appears to be their guy, like, they're all in on him. You heard Scott Fitterer's presser where he was talking about uh, Bryce Young and Russell Wilson and those things. It appears they're very comfortable with him being the franchise quarterback. I think the drama comes after that. What are these Houston Texans going to do at two? Like our guy Lance Z, Lance Zerline, had this a couple of weeks ago where he talked about, I don't think the Texans may take a quarterback at two. Mm. They may be in love with Tyree Wilson, the defensive end. And so I can't claim that. Lance claimed that he's plugged into Houston. And the last couple weeks, we're beginning to hear more of that conversation. So if the Texans don't take a quarterback at two, we know the Cardinals aren't going to take one at three. So now you have the Indianapolis Colts at four, which what seems to be, look, a dream scenario. They're going to be able to get the guy that we all presume would be C.J. Stroud at four to be their franchise quarterback. But there might be a curveball that comes at that spot. Yeah. What if the Indianapolis Colts like Will Levis more than C.J. Stroud? And what if they hand the card in and it's the Kentucky quarterback, not the Ohio State Buckeye, 
that comes off the board as the second quarterback. Now you have chaos because C.J. Stroud is available at five for the Seahawks. You have the Raiders at seven. And so what I'm saying is on Thursday, people need to get ready and have your popcorn ready because it's going to be absolutely bananas. Absolutely bananas if that scenario, which, by the way, is entirely possible, does in fact play out. And that makes sense why Atlanta down at eight would have C.J. Stroud in today because – um, not to say that he drops all the way down to eight, but if he drops to five uh, or even six, that is hailing distance for sure for somebody like Atlanta to go trade up and, and scrap whatever plans they might have currently for Desmond Ritter. But let's just go back to two for a second. Um, wh- why would the Texans pass on a quarterback second overall, do you think, Bucky? A uh, few different things that could be in play at this situation, right? Um when you look at the Houston Texans and you understand people that come out of the Shanahan system in San Francisco, as much as we adore quarterbacks, there's some of those guys that feel like they're kind of the kingmaker when it comes to the quarterback. That, hey, the system is going to do everything for the quarterback. We just need to have a guy that can kind of manage the situation. We're going to surround him with the talent, and it will work. And coming off the heels of Brock Purdy, a seventh-round pick, Mr. Irrelevant, leading them to the championship game, they may be even more emboldened that the system makes the player more than the player makes the system. So that could lead them to say, well, let's recreate what we had in San Francisco. We had a dominant offensive line. We're going to take blue-chip players all around it, and eventually we'll plug in the quarterback and make it happen. And so it might be a situation where they may not value the quarterback situation uh, like we do. They may see it as a, a part of the wheel, not the key cog in the wheel when it comes to making the team pop. Is it possible, Bucky Brooks, my colleague from NFL Network and the NFL Media Group and co-host of the Move the Sticks podcast with Daniel Jeremiah, is it possible, sir, that we can connect that dot that you just put out there with the dot that Ian Rappaport put out there today that the Niners are fielding calls for Trey Lance? Could it be possible the Texans are one of them? What do you think of that? And that's why they're not interested in that second overall pick. At quarterback. I mean, Your that's thoughts. very interesting, and that certainly could be a possibility because here's what you normally would like, right? You normally, uh, when you leave a situation, meaning I go from San Francisco to Houston, yep. you tend to have an affinity for the players that you were just around in San Francisco. The fact that they were in a championship game, the fact that you felt like that team is viewed as one of the best rosters in football, you're more likely to pluck from them mm-hmm. because there's a level of familiarity and comfort with them. And so if you are D'Amico Ryan and you're looking at a situation like, hey, you know what? If I'm going to do all of this stuff with everybody else, why not take a quarterback that already knows what we're doing? No, he hasn't played enough for us to really know what he is, but at least he knows the language and the system. Maybe we drop him in that situation and we have an experienced, I mean, relatively speaking, an experienced player take over and maybe we start at step three as opposed to starting at step one. Might have something to do with it. Bucky Brooks here on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, uh, you mentioned Tyree Wilson could be the choice of the Texans, not Will Anderson. And Jalen Carter, uh, who appeared on Real Sports, talking about his situation um, earlier uh, this week. Um, it might be Tyree Wilson. I got him calling in in 29 minutes from from now, Bucky. Why, why, uh, why could he be maybe the first defensive player off the board. Suss out that, for me, from your uh, evaluating perspective. 
please. Okay, so the interesting thing when you do the Tyree Wilson versus Will Anderson debate, everything should lead you to believe that Will Anderson will be the pick. When you look at sack production, which translates to the National Football League, I mean, well, Will Anderson has 34 and a half sacks compared to Tyree Wilson's 17 sacks over the course of their career. Will Anderson has 62 tackles for loss, has been a disruptive player, playing for arguably the greatest coach that we've seen in the college game, and so he's well-schooled when it comes to that. But what happens in meetings when you talk enough and you're looking at the same names, sometimes there's this thing where you talk about upside and potential that kind of lures you to believe that Tyree Wilson has a longer wingspan, Tyree Wilson has what appears to be even more juice, first-step quickness. Maybe just maybe if we take him where he is, add a little coaching, maybe he can be a more dominant player than Will Anderson. That could certainly be in play in Houston, where I won't call them maybe overthinking the situation, but maybe they feel so confident in their coaches, they feel like they can get more out of Tyree Wilson than they can from Will Anderson. What's your evaluation of Jalen Carter as we sit here eight days before the draft, Bucky? Okay, Jalen Carter is really interesting. I mean, if you ask anybody, he is the most talented defender in the draft. Hmm. Uh, his talent popped last year when they had that dominant uh, defensive line with Jordan Davis. And then you think about the front where they had N'Kobe Dean. He's the one that you couldn't take your eyes off of. However, what happens, Rich, when we talk about like a top five pick, we now begin to kind of dig a little deeper. So now you have the incident in January, which is, look, it's tragic in itself. And he certainly has to deal with that. And so you wonder how much that's going to continue to affect him. But then you begin to think about, hey, does he play hard all the time? He might be the most talented, but how often are we going to see that talent play at max potential? Then you dig deeper and try and figure out, is the football character what we want from a work ethic, show up, first one in, last one out, perspective is he going to do all those things and so when you have kind of all this this cloud this great stuff around you it can make you talk yourself out of Jalen Carter despite the talent and then when he cut off the visit uh saying I'm not going to visit anybody outside the top 10 what he did is he kind of took that insurance net that, that that safety net away from him because he hasn't talked to everybody if you have real questions about Jalen Carter and you haven't sat down and visited with him and looked him in his eye and become more comfortable with the person, he could slide, and he could slide because you're just not comfortable with taking him based on some of the baggage that might come with him. Bucky Brooks here on the Rich Eisen Show. You started this conversation by saying there are 15 blue-chip prospects in the draft. Just for those out there uh, listening, viewing, uh, is that average? Is that below average, above average? What do you got for me there? So. So years ago, learned this from Ron Wolf, Hall of Fame executive. He says, in every first round, there's typically 18 to 24 guys that are consensus first-round talent. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter where you go, any draft award, those guys are going to be above the line when it comes to first-round players. This year's draft has 15, so that's significantly lower than what we're used to seeing. That said, there are a lot of guys from that 15 to 45 mark that are really good players. But – Beauty is always in the eye of the beholder. And so when you have that, that big variant, like 15 to, to 45, you're going to have some guys that are near the 45 spectrum that end up being mid-first-round picks and vice versa. And because every draft board is like a snowflake, when we get into the draft next Thursday, mm-hmm. it's going to be different than what many of us expect because everyone values these guys differently. And there's a big separation between the blue chippers 
and everybody else. So once we get done with the blue chippers, it's going to be a little chaotic because no one knows how all these other teams view the same player. And so that's going to make it a little different than some of the mock drafts that we've seen from media guys on the outside. So I know you don't have a crystal ball, Bucky. That is uh, one of my favorite uh, coaching cliches. No one has a crystal ball in the NFL. I actually do have one here on the set, but it's so damn big I don't take it out of the box. Um, <laughs> so what? What I'll ask you what's more likely, which is a game we play around here. What is more likely that uh, we get four quarterbacks in the top ten or Hendon Hooker isn't the last quarterback taken in the first round? What do you got for me? Uh, I say it's more likely Hendon Hooker not being the last quarterback taken in the first round. Uh, the reason why I say that is because we do this and we do this every year. We talk about the quarterbacks and we have this fascination on the quarterbacks because, you know, Rich, on our side, quarterbacks sell. It makes everyone click in and tune in. But when you really grade these quarterbacks, I can't confidently say that these quarterbacks are – top 10 talents. I would say Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud in whatever order you want to put them on, they are. But Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, uh, yeah, nah. That, like that, that is a little too rich for me. And I think a lot of people don't view them as that. But it only takes one team to fall in love with you. Right. So that's why they are in that conversation. Hendon Hooker, though, when you compare Hendon Hooker to Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, yes. they played in the same conference against the same competition. Hendon Hooker's numbers I mean, they overwhelm Will Levis's numbers, and they definitely overwhelm Anthony Richardson's numbers against the same competition. At some point, it's about how well the player plays. Hendon Hooker outplayed both of those guys, which is why he is going to get more love than some people think. If not for the ACL injury, he would have a legitimate shot to be in that conversation. Well, I, let, let, let's wave a wand for him and say he didn't blow out his knee. Where, where does he where, where does he go before Stroud? Do you think in this draft? No, I don't think he goes before Stroud, but to me, he's QB3 regardless. Okay. Injury or no injury. He is a better player than Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. Yeah, they may have more upside and tools, but in terms of how the game is played, Hendon Hooker outplays those guys by leaps and bounds. And so if you're asking me who should be the third quarterback to come off the board, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Hendon Hooker should be the third guy that we talk about. He He is by far a better player than those other two guys. I would cast my lot with him over Will Levis or wow. Anthony Richardson. All right, so then uh, let me ask you this last one then. Uh, we just mentioned those five guys at the quarterback, obviously. Young and Stroud, and you think Hendon Hooker's three, and then Will Levis, is he four and Richardson five in your books or the other way around on that? Uh, if I'm going to go with Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, I'm a bank on Anthony Richardson because he's a more explosive and more dynamic athlete. Okay. Uh, so if I had to rank him one to, to five, like Young, Stroud, Hooker, Anthony Richardson, then Will Levis. Now, will they come off the board like that? We got to tune in on Thursday to see how that works out. Okay, and of those five, give me the number one, two, or three. How many of the quarterbacks are left on the board when B. John Robinson goes? What do you think? Holy smoke. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> what do you think? Man. Give me a number. We won't hold, say, we won't hold you to it. We're not holding you to I would it. Say, what do you think? I would say two of those guys will still be on the board when B. John Robinson goes off. Mm hmm. And your best guess where who who snags him? Philly at ten? Would they do something like that? What do you think? I mean, how how we wouldn't do it if he wants to make their team unstoppable on a video game? He would do it because <laughs> if you play mad with Bijan Robinson behind Jalen Hurts, you can stop him. Um, I I think keep an eye on the New England Patriots at fourteen. Uh, 
I think that's where it could start for him. Okay. Uh, the, the Chargers at 21. The Cowboys certainly could be in play in 26. But outside of the top 10, I'm thinking the Patriots would be a nice spot for him to kind of do some of that Corey Dillon stuff for them. All right. And then in, in your evaluation of Will Levis, uh, is it a red flag that he eats bananas with the peel on? I mean, like, I can't take, I can't take a guy seriously that's eating <laughs> bananas whole, get a brown. Like, between that and – look, it's one thing for – you to have a stick, but it's another thing to have that than the mayonnaise and the coffee and all the other stuff. Oh, like, yeah. You can't have too many things. You got to be the master of one. And so it's just a little <laughs> too much for me as a franchise quarterback. As I'm saying it, as, as Red Lewis walking here with yeah. a whole banana. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that's a red flag, Bucky. I got to be honest. That's a red flag. If I'm if I'm pounding a table for someone's pounding the table for Will Levis, I'd be have to say, but yeah, what about? And then all those things that you just mentioned. They're red flags for me. They are. I mean, it's just a little too much. It's a little too much. A whole brown banana. Like, that. that's, that's extra for me. That's almost like uh, one of those weird acts at the circus or at the, 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 the state fair. Hey, come see the guy eat the whole banana that's brown. That's good luck. It's like the greatest showman meets the NFL draft. I agree. I totally agree with you. Thanks for the time, Bucky. We'll chat again soon. Terrific, as always. Right, Thank you. You guys have a good one. Hey, Brogman, next time I see you on the path, I'll make sure I acknowledge yeah, you. Yeah, buddy. And I'll shake you little kids in. Well, but right. how, how, no, 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 no. Bucky, Bucky. I won't be a weirdo. I no, no, exactly. Exactly. Bucky, this is not on you. No, okay? it's, it's totally on This me, is yeah. not on you. So, Brockman, before you say hello to somebody on a bike path, take your hood off. Take your glasses I off. Know. It happened so fast. Come on. That's a, that's a you problem. That's not a his problem. Twitch. It was a, that's a YP. too fast. Right. It's not you, oh Bucky. Don't apologize for anything. You be you. You keep being you. You're great being you. Don't worry. Okay. You guys are great. You go right back at you. That's Bucky Brooks, everybody. Brockman, you're the one who's going to no, no, modify your behavior. I, I totally understand. It was totally on me. That's totally a hand-up situation. Hendon Hooker, third on Bucky's list. He's one of my favorite names in the draft for sure. That's just a great name. Hendon Hooker. Hooker. I think people are forgetting about him. Remember, he was the Heisman Trophy favorite yes. pretty much. Until he went down, he was lighting it up last year. So it doesn't surprise me that he, people have him high. There's a reason why the goalposts wound up at the bottom of the river. Exactly. That was such a good game, man. And Bryce Young too, right? That was a great game. Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee, Alabama. Hyatt man. smoking cigars. With yeah, with Manning, Manning afterwards in the locker room. I know, Hendon Hooker. And I guess you know ACLs are ACLs, and you, you, if you're a team that doesn't need him now, the Vikings are exactly that team. He had 385 yards passing and five touchdowns against Bama. In Let's that look game. at this for a second. Yeah, but is he going to be the there way, at 24? Dude, dude, what happened to the Anthony Richardson first overall conversation? Was, what happened to that? It was in and well, out. I, I think was I was quick. the one who was pounding the table it for that. Fleeting. Now the Ravens sitting at 23. If they got Anthony Richardson on the table to pick... He's still in the green room. Ravens are on the clock at 20. Let's just go totally haywire here. Why not? Because I'll tell you what. Anthony Richardson's in the green room. Eight days from now, I'm on the air. I have a microphone attached to my tie or lapel. (laughs) Both of them are very stylish. And he's still sitting there and the Ravens are on the clock. Oh, I will make a meal out of that on the NFL Network broadcast. I will a be full shocked. On meal. I'll be shocked if that happens. You just heard. At, I know. Guys, but... like, this is what we like to do for our, our viewers and listeners and for all of us. This is, as you know, my prep. This is my prep. 
I'm yeah, asked you yesterday how Guys, you were getting ready. I'm prepping. Yeah. In the same way, I'm just taking calls. I'm not making them. I'm prepping. <laughs> Do you need me to tweet out some photos? No. Okay. Stop putting me in these positions. I'm not doing anything. Well, get him a newspaper first. I'm prepping. <laughs> Guys, back off. <laughs> but you heard Bria, Bria, Bria. Bria said, hey, I think we're all evaluating the quarterbacks differently in the media than that's being evaluated in the NFL. That's usually what happens. <laughs> Isn't that the way it goes? Evaluation <laughs> rooms. Yep, 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 yep. Draft rooms. And you just heard Bucky basically say the same thing. He's going to take Hendon Hooker, a guy who's not going to play this year, third on the quarterback depth chart above Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. And there's 15 blue chip prospects in this draft. There's not a lot of them. And if one of them drops to you at 14, 13, 12, 16, you're Washington. Snag him. You're going to take that guy. And you'll push the quarterback situation down and down and down and down. And then all of a sudden, Anthony Richardson's sitting there at 23 overall, or Will Levis is. And you're, you're Baltimore? Oh, I'll make a meal of it. And if they choose one, oh my gosh. Let's go. Let's take a break. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. You just heard Bucky say Tyree Wilson could be second overall. He's next up in 15 minutes right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Um, let's go to uh, Ben in Grand Rapids, Michigan. What's up, Benjamin? What's up? You first in, first hey. up here on this busy Wednesday. Hey, Rich, how you doing? Thanks What's for up? taking my call. You got it, pal. Hey, uh, congratulations on the nomination. Thank you. Well deserved. Thank Love you. the show. I watch you guys every day. Love it. Thanks, Thank man. you, sir. Appreciate it. Appreciate so it. So my my question has to do with um, with the draft coming up in eight days. Obviously, we're all excited about that. Um, number one. How much stock do NFL teams really put in the combine? And then number two, when we look back at once those guys are drafted, how do they translate with those numbers? Do they end up panning out most of the time, or what is your thoughts on that? Uh, It is a total uh, crapshoot on when somebody pans out or not. Uh, Ben, the combine is just a piece of the puzzle. This is what I've learned over 20 years of doing this that uh, the eye in the sky from college football does not lie, and that speaks volumes. And then you get to meet the kid in person, whether it's at the Senior Bowl or any of the the other uh, talent evaluation bowls prior to the Combine. And the Combine's most important aspect of the Combine by far is the medical examination. And then secondly, it's the face-to-face interviewing 
examination as well. Put the kid on a on a grease board. Some teams make the interview process very inviting. Some of them make it try to be overwhelming and a little bit intimidating. Um, others, um, you know, will uh, also include a, a, a psychological evaluation being an important piece of the puzzle. Uh, the on-field drills are crucial. Um, but, you know, if you don't work out, I mean, Tyree Wilson didn't work out there. He might go second overall. It, it, it matters for some. It doesn't matter for others. And their teams look for different aspects of, of, a, of a combine workout, how they move around, how they how they are bounced back from dropping a ball in one. Or, and then comes the pro days and then the visits between both teams uh, and players. And then they go back to their uh, rooms as they will starting today. And then uh, over the next week, put their draft boards together. Does that make sense for you? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. Be well, sir. They're in beautiful Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's the way it works. Bucky Brooks saying Hendon Hooker's the third quarterback taken. And uh, how about B. John Robinson? He said two quarterbacks will be on the board when Robinson's taken. So by his, let's put it all together. Let's piece it together. Again, we don't hold these things down to the letter of the law and when we if he's right, we'll bring it up again. If he's wrong, we're always kind enough to just say, who, Bucky who? <laughs> um, so he loves Hooker as the third quarterback taken. He said, look for B. John Robinson to the Patriots. You'd love that, Chris. I would love that. Oh, my, like a blue chip, big oh time gosh. offensive player to just say, you know what? By the way, him and Ramondre back there, bam, suddenly the most explosive backfield in the league. Many business decisions that would have to be made by three teams that will have better quarterbacks. And I, you know I feel Rodgers is coming. Oh, sure. Okay, yeah. so, there's no, there's so no one, way, one way to do that would be to just run you over yep. and play defense Smash mouth. and win the turnover battle and the f- uh, special teams battle. Does that sound familiar to you in New yeah. England? Sounds okay. like the early 2000s. All right, so let's just say, let's just say B- Bijan goes 14 overall. And, and Bucky said there are two quarterbacks will be still left on the draft board by then. That means Hooker goes before 14. Yeah, I'm looking at number seven, Rich. Really? Because Jimmy G's sitting there. There's no rush to play him, right? You figure Jimmy G is probably going to have some sort of injury issue in the next one or two years. Yeah. <laughs> and so Jimmy G plays this year. Maybe his, his second year in Vegas is a so-so. And then, bam, you got this kid who's sit back and has observed and learned under Josh McDaniels, outstanding quarterback coach uh, McDaniels is, learned from a veteran like Garoppolo, and bam, he's ready to go. That's not a bad choice. Also Tennessee. What about Tennessee at number eleven? And and you don't need if you're if you're Josh McDaniels, you do not need Hooker to play this year. And if Garoppolo gets hurt, that's not a problem because they have Brian Hoyer, who will always have a job as long as a Belichick tree coach is in the league. <laughs> yes. Brian Hoyer cannot be quit. Brian Hoyer is. Well, it's not a bad choice. Employable. I don't know. Tennessee's right there, Rich. At eleven. Um, Houston, 12. Houston at 12. If they pass on somebody who plays quarterback at two. So what, you let Davis Mills start this year and then I don't know. see how it goes? Yeah. I mean, could. Why not? You're D'Amico Ryans. You're building the team anyway. You're not thinking of winning the AFC South right now. Go for it. Clearly all options are on the table. Mm. Oh, baby. Tyree Wilson, who Bucky says the Texans might take second overall 
if they don't take a quarterback, as a lot of people think they might not.